date of recording, the 23rd of January, 2023. Welcome to today's episode of Let's Talk Media with Vedanta Kari. For today's episode, we're talking about queer representation. And my guest for today is Mr. Micah Tremblay. Hey, Micah, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course, it's good to have you on here, man. Uh, so, Yeah, no problem. Thanks for being here. Uh, do you just want to quickly introduce yourself? Sure. As he said, my name is Micah Tremblay. I'm 24 years old. I, I'm from Burlington, Vermont, but we both went to Ithaca College together, me and Vedant. I came out in high school, and I went to Ithaca College for a lot of reasons, but one was the the welcoming feeling of the campus and knowing how diverse the community at Ithaca was. So I knew they would accept me and that's how I wanted to feel during my time there. So I think I made the right choice. And so today's episode is about queer representation in film and TV. And so I just want to get a gist as to why that's so important to you. I just think it's important for this applies to non LGBTQ people too, in different like, like groups, if you know what I mean. But mm -hmm. It's important for people on the LGBTQ spectrum to see things they can relate to. And I think that since more LGBTQ representation has surfaced in the media, more people have been inspired to open up and reveal their true, reveal their true selves. And also more people have seen what it's like to be someone on said spectrum. So it's just bringing more awareness and, and education. And obviously there's been LGBTQ people for since before media even became a thing, but it's nice to see it being a more ubiquitous thing so people can really have a get a better understanding of of what it's like at, to live as somebody on that spectrum. And so are there any good and bad examples of queer uh, representation that you can think of? One of my favorite shows, this may come as a surprise to some of you, is Schitt's Creek. <laughs> mm, I love Schitt's Creek. Me too, yeah. What I love is that they portray it without having anything bad happen in the storyline and that the characters don't make a big deal out of out of being on the LGBTQ spectrum at all. Of course, they they do have a coming out episode, but even as that isn't so dramatic like other shows portray it, they the character, spoiler Patrick, just comes out to his parents and they accept him. That's I mean, it still showcases how emotional it can it can get and how anxious it can make a, a person feel to have to come out. But a lot of other stuff just really overplays it. I like, I just like the simplicity and just living with everybody else in the town with no problem with who they are. I'm also a big fan of the show Heartstopper on Netflix. Can't wait for season two. And that showcases people across the LGBTQ spectrum. Like obviously the main characters, Charlie and Nick are gay. And, but also the character of Elle, I think. Elle, the character of Elle is a trans girl. And so is the girl who who portrays Elle in the series, but I love how, so it's mentioned every now and again that she's trans just like one or two times, like when, like when they're saying it's good that she's going to an all girls school now, instead of going to an all boys school reluctantly. But other than that, her transness isn't really touched on at all. And that's, that's something I like about it. Right. Um, Being queer is part of their identity, but it's not their entire character. Exactly. Yeah. And if, you're, if you want me to go really back to a show, I just love Golden Girls being ahead of their time with mm. how they've they're portray, they're portraying all these things and just being so progressive about it. Like I just I just love rewatching the scene where where Blanche's brother is getting married to a man and she's she's like, 
I can accept that he's gay, but why does he have to slip a ring on his finger so everyone will know? And Sophia says, why did you marry George? And she says, we loved each other. We wanted to make a lifetime commitment and wanted everyone to know. And Sophia says, that's what they want, too. Mm. Yeah, that's a good example. I love Golden Girls. Yeah, this was the 1980s. Mm, Right. 80s. Because when I think of the earliest examples, I tend to think of like 90s, like Ellen coming out and Will and Grace and The Simpsons even had an episode where Homer was homophobic and then drops it at the end of the episode. And this was like 1997, I believe. Yeah, somewhere around then. I'm I'm quite a Simpsons fanatic. Um. So yeah, those are some some good examples. And I know there's a lot of queerness in the Umbrella Academy every, well, not a lot, but just just some, and some's a good amount. Mm-hmm. And when I heard about Elliot Page coming out and then they were making his character on Umbrella Academy come out, I, I was like, oh, I, I may not have seen Umbrella Academy, but I want to see this part and and how authentic it is. And I just like how he says, I'm Victor. This is who I've always been. Is that an issue? And they're like, nope. So yeah, that's just, yeah, I guess I just like how being LGBTQ is just portrayed as being simple in, in these things and not super over the top. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And And again, going back to that whole identity thing, it's like, I'm a straight man, but there's more to me than my sexual orientation. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, You were going to say something? Um, I guess I was going to get to some bad examples because you told me good yes. and bad examples. Like, I I understand that a lot of people like the show Friends, and mm-hmm. there's just some things that I'm... I, I like watching clips, and there's some things that I can relate to about it, but sometimes I can barely, like, sit through a whole episode because I often look at them like, do you know what's coming out of your mouth right now? Obviously, the biggest thing most people would, would argue would be the portrayal of Chandler's dad as a trans woman but and even the creator of friends admitted that it was a mistake mm-hmm. and everybody just kept referring to him as Trent or, or her is suppose i guess what she would prefer as chandler's dad and just every time it's brought up they're just talking about the fact that she supposedly was a man and also i guess they they tried to be diverse by making ross's first wife a lesbian and and I heard that the actress who portrayed who portrayed Susan said that they cast her as Carol's lover because she doesn't look like a lesbian, quote unquote. Mm. Still, every time the subject of being gay is brought up, the characters apparently treat it like a joke and it can get too cringeworthy to watch. Like and even like in the episode where Joey gets a bag, the other guys make fun of him, calling him Mrs. Tribbiani and saying the bag's mm-hmm. a purse and that it's going to get him a date with a man. It just really gets on my nerves how like all the masculinity is pushed with with these with these guys. And they seem to think that being gay is some kind of joke. Right. I mean, being gay is not a punchline. Um, No, no. And I like how you mentioned, uh, you know, Ross's first girlfriend or was it his wife? That wife. Yeah. First divorce. Yep. Um, And and you know how. Um, she was casted because she didn't look like a typical lesbian. Like, I, I hope it's okay to say this, but she didn't look butch. I hope that's okay for me to say because it's that's, a stereotype. Well, yeah, I guess. I guess that was why they cast her as that. That actress I was talking about was playing the lover of Ross's ex-wife, just to confirm. Okay, got it. Uh, but yeah, it's like there is also a stereotype that, you know, lesbians like in TV and film have like, you know, short hair and all that. But it's like, you know, lesbians come in all shapes and forms, in my opinion. Exactly. Yeah. Also, like I know that that family guy always plays things satirically. But in the episode where 
Peter has a lot of injections and is injected with the gay gene, quote unquote. And even that is like, like a first step into like, is that how you're, you're portraying this? Like, this is like something that just happens to people when, well, I suppose they're just, they were just testing it. I don't know. I don't know all the little logistics of it. Does anybody, but, but yeah, like when Peter was injected with the gay gene, like he was acting over the top and wearing flashy elaborate outfits that changed in every scene, had a fancy hairstyle and he was kind of making fun of himself in like the way that gay stereotypically do and mm -hmm. like the way he walks. And well, I mean, again, who knows the logistics in the family guy universe, but sometimes I just sit there and I'm like, I, I hope you guys are paying respect to everybody out there instead of just finding another thing to make fun of. I also keep seeing these theories that a lot of over the top characters, particularly villains in like movies, whether live action or cartoon are, are gay. And I wonder exactly where that theory stems from. Like if you act so over the top, that automatically means you're attracted to people the same gender as you. Do you to have me, any, those are, do you have any examples? Are, uh, not exactly. I guess like Disney villains. But yeah, to me, like those, those things, like if you act so over the top, that automatically means you're attracted to people the same gender as you. Those, those aren't really intertwined to me at all. I know plenty of people who, plenty of gay people who aren't over the top. They're more reserved and introverted, and they just don't want to badmouth people all the time. I don't know how much Saturday Night Live you've seen. I've seen a fair amount of it. Okay, well, in the 90s, a character played by Julia Sweeney was introduced named Pat, and the they're not trans, but the humor is played around. Pat looks like they could be a man or a woman, and everybody's just confused over it and trying to figure it out. And I'm like, when Pat goes to the barbershop or to the gym, they're kind of asking these questions to hopefully get some clues as to what gender they are. And the Pat's responses are always just like open-ended. And that's, I get why that that's kind of played for laughs, but I wonder why sh that should be a super important thing. Like, why do you have to know somebody's gender? I'm okay with the movie Zoolander, I, but when I saw the trailer for its sequel come out, there was a model played by Benedict Cumberbatch, who was supposedly a uh, non-binary or trans. And when Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson just looked at, at the character, they, they just asked, are you male or female? What's in your pants? And I'm, and I'm like, not okay. That's not your business. Yeah. I, I don't even know how much screen time that character has, but I'm wondering, was that necessary? I can think of a few good examples. Uh, have you seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine by any chance? Another thing on my watch list. Yeah, so in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, there's a a black gay police captain and there's a a lesbian, uh, I think, Latina officer. Correction, Rosa Diaz is bisexual, not lesbian. And I think that's also important because, you know, White people aren't the only queer people out there. Like in exactly, yeah. And most of the queer media I see, it's white people. Well, yeah. Like in one class I took at at IC, they were like, "Look at an interracial couple in a movie. Are any of them are either of the two white? Do you see one where none of them, neither of the two, are white, or 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 even an interracial, like like queer couple? Like, is one of them is one of them white? Probably." Right. It's important to show, you know, all races and skin tones exactly. in queer representation. Yeah. Because I can't imagine, you know, how they must feel because it's like, yes, they have queer representation, but it's not people of color who are queer. And, you know, being a person of color who's queer has its own challenges on top of being queer. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of these two things stack on top of each other. And 
who knows what else? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they're probably living with other things too. Yeah, and in some minority cultures, you know, people don't even think gay people exist or they think it's a Western influence. I just don't know what to say about that. Yeah, I mean, people have, I think, come a long way from how they used to act back then, but there's still still homophobia in places. Changing topics a little bit, what do you think about straight actors and actresses playing gay characters or just queer people in general? Um, It can be good, but I, and people are even nominated for awards with their big roles that they played, like big actors who are straight who portrayed queer people in movies like Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal and Brokeback Mountain were both nominated for awards for that. And I, I often, and also, sorry, I'm just kind of. Go ahead. Kind of in between right now. Um, Also. So back to Schitt's Creek and and Noah Reed playing Patrick. Noah Reed is straight. He plays, I don't know, I guess maybe Patrick's bi or or gay, I don't know, but it's never really confirmed, which I which I kinda like. He he said in an article that he never felt the need to play Patrick a certain way based on his sexuality, that he sort of just approached him as if as if he were Noah and he was attracted to somebody who just happened to be David in Schitt's Creek. I I like that about it. I like when when straight people who are playing gay characters pay a lot of respect to mm-hmm. to that aspect. You ever seen Little Miss Sunshine? I have not. It's on my list. I don't know how big your list is compared to mine, but it's a really, really, really good movie. Like my writing professor at, at Ithaca College, that's his favorite movie ever. So that's saying something. It's really well written. Um, Steve Carell plays plays a gay man in it, but I like how it doesn't really make a big deal of, of his character being gay. He's never really had to deal with the disapproving world with the mm-hmm. sort of exception of Alan Arkin's character, although that character is well-meaning. Steve Carell's character is merely depressed at having lost his love interest and his genius grant to his rival, and who's also gay. And he, he's a supporting character whose sexuality doesn't really affect the plot of the movie. So I don't really have a lot to say about it, but I do like how it's kind of his sexuality is sort of a part of the movie, but it doesn't really play a big role in it at all. Like he could have just as well been straight. Right. Um, and again, going back to Will and Grace, I believe that Will is played by a straight man. Uh, but from what I can tell, you know, he did his research. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do your research, but also, you know, don't make like a huge big deal about people being queer. Cause it's just a normal thing. Like it's not their entire identity. Well, no. Yeah. I, I like that these straight actors are still paying respect to to these queer roles. And I did read in an article that like when it asked, like, should we only cast LGBTQ actors in their roles? Like and it said, like, limiting actors based on their sexuality or gender could backfire. Could it stop transgender actors from playing cisgender roles and and gay roles? That that got me thinking. Mm -hmm. I also think it's important to remember that people are just looking for the right way this will work. And sometimes if it's not a huge success with a straight actor playing a, a gay role, it can be the casting directors doing for their choice in the actor and the performance that they greenlit when that character auditioned for it. But sometimes a straight actor's performance as a gay character can be legendary. Mm-hmm. I do remember the, reading an article explaining that when people are being considered for parts or jobs, you have to keep in mind that we are not automatically eliminating possible candidates just because of their gender or their sexuality or their race or just their background. We are simply looking for who would be the most qualified for this position or who would be the most believable as this character. Little facts about this human being aren't necessarily a deciding factor, though at times they could be beneficial. 
Right. And again, um, like I know gay actors and actresses who play cisgender or heterosexual characters like with um, Jim Parsons on Big Bang and Patrick Harris on How I Met Your Mother. Right. And most recently, um, Mindy Kaling portrays a lesbian Velma on the HBO Max show. So yes, I saw that. So I just wanted to clarify something while editing. In this example, I talk about um, gay people playing straight characters and then straight actors playing gay characters. And because I talk about these examples back to back, I just want to clarify that with the Mindy Kaling example, I'm referring to her as a straight person, at least to public knowledge. Um, a straight person playing a lesbian Velma on HBO Max. I just want to clarify what I'm talking about, in which case, to my knowledge, Mindy Kaling is not gay or bisexual. And with that clarification out of the way, let's go right back to the episode. And also in the Netflix movie version of The Prom, which is one of my favorite musicals, I was kind of excited when they cast James Corden as the as one of the gay characters at the time. And personally, I was okay with his performance when I first saw it, but I I understand why other people weren't fans of it. Like, kind of played flamboyantly. Like, you kind of got to see the the musical and how that character is portrayed before you see a straight actor portray that so you can know what was in the original script and what the the person kind of added to it and how they turned and how they turned it. But I I would like would have liked to see had they cast a gay actor in the Netflix movie version of the prom and see how that would have differed if right. at all. Right, they might be able to play it from personal experience. Maybe, yeah. I guess I guess when everybody's playing these roles, they put some personal experience into it, but I just hope it's authentic enough to be believable. That's really what acting is, I guess. I guess, yeah, and you're an actor yourself, so I'm, I'm going to trust you on that. Yes. <laughs> well, maybe I should get to know more actors before I make more snap decisions, but yes. And another potential issue with, you know, only casting gay actors for gay roles is that, you know, somebody might not be ready to come out of the closet yet. And, you know, it might post them out of the closet before they're ready to play. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's kind of how unfortunately it was for some actors. Like if these people knew I was gay, they probably wouldn't have cast me in a straight role. I could I could still play it straight. That like this is how this is what I do. There's a chance it won't be the the kind of portrayal they're looking for, but they should still see it and take it into consideration. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, uh, are you a Batman fan by any chance? Uh, probably not as big as you. So Batman, the animated series had Kevin Conroy voice Batman and uh, Kevin Conroy is a gay man, but this was the 90s, so he hadn't come out yet. I don't think it came out until 2016 or something. And, you know, if if he didn't play a straight character, then he might have had to come out of the closet if he played a gay character back then in the 90s, which was not a very supportive time, unfortunately. No. Well, not as supportive as now. Right. I mean, we still have progress to make, but, you know, majority of Americans at least publicly support gay marriage. So we're making progress, but we can always do more progress. Oh, yeah. I'm from Vermont, a very progressive state where we're kind of ahead of you on being inclusive on these things. Might want to catch up some states. I.e. Florida. Mm. 
I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I didn't know about non-binary people until uh, 2017 or 2018. And I just don't see that much representation or discussion about them in the media. No, I never heard about it until around that time either. That's around when I was first coming out and my I was first familiarizing myself with with the LGBTQ community and the spectrum. But yeah, I haven't really seen a whole lot of of representation, mostly... I haven't really seen anything older than 2016, like they're having some non-binary characters in animated shows like like Steven Universe. All the all the gems are are non-binary female, like the creator of of Steven Universe, Rebecca Sugar, who's non-binary. And they also have a few human non-binary characters in that. And I've also heard of a non-binary character in Umbrella Academy, though it's kind of never explicitly stated, I don't think, that, that Klaus is is actually non-binary, but I guess his, Klaus's actor has said something that might say something pertaining to it, but that's that's on my watch list too. I try I gotta try to watch more stuff. And also apparently Loki from the from the Marvel universe, apparently there's like roots in Norse mythology that he that Loki could be non-binary or or is. And oh, it's some wow. it says on like a fan page that Loki is non-binary, I guess, because they can change different forms to different genders. But I guess, but but no, it's never actually confirmed in these movies. So again, I'm hoping people aren't like basing all these things on theories that they're actually, you want to know for sure whether this person is gay or transgender or non-binary or just straight or cis. You right. you really want to want to know that for sure. Mm-hmm. And an, an example I can think of is the Roseanne revival that came out like five years ago. Like, I think Roseanne's grandchild came out as non-binary on that show. I haven't seen the original or the reboot. But yeah, that was a major example. Like a show as big as Roseanne even acknowledging that non-binary people exist. They're just as valid. They're just as loved. Uh, but yeah, in general, I don't see much representation for them or, you know, other uh, groups like uh, non-binary, uh, agender, uh, gender fluid even. And I think it's because, you know, um, society is becoming more understanding, but uh, we're still trying to understand human nature in some yeah, regards. I guess, yeah. Yeah, I guess they're just testing the waters. I've also noticed that people usually associate non-binary with looking androgynous, like the character looks like a mix of male and female, quote unquote. And that's not true. Non-binary people have the right to look however they want, no matter how stereotypically masculine or feminine it can look. You don't always have to look, you don't have to look androgynous if you don't want to. You don't choose your gender or your sexuality, but you do choose your wardrobe. So make it a good choice for yourself. You don't have to dress up for anybody. I also just think it's worth mentioning about the way people dress. Like people think girls who wear pants all the time are are lesbian and guys who wear like designer clothing are gay, but clothes don't have anything to do with who you go to bed with. Because I'm gay, some people are like, you want, you like wearing high heels? And I'm like, no, they hurt my feet. Like you, I often write a few things yet to be published, but in mm-hmm. one thing I'm writing, one of the main characters is female and she has short hair and wears masculine clothing all the time. And spoiler, she does end up liking a guy at the end, but everybody throughout the show thinks she's a lesbian, but at the end she does end up liking a guy. And one supporting character is a typical girly girl, the popular cheerleader that likes makeup and dresses like a Barbie doll, shall we say. But in the end, she comes out as a lesbian. So I just wanted to show that there can be butch straight girls and girly lesbians and and guys who like dressing kind of flamboyantly but can still be straight. 
mm-hmm. and ath- and athletic athletic gay people. There's no one way to be gay or or straight or trans or ace or anything. If you can have an unlimited amount of straight type straight people, why can't you have unlimited type of gay people? Exactly. Nobody's nobody's the same. We're all different. Have you seen either version of West Side Story? West Side Story. Um, I have not seen the original or the recent movie by um, what's his name? Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. Yeah, I, I'm not. <laughs> Never forget Spielberg. <laughs> Anyways, um, when the new West Side Story came out, the one by Steven Spielberg that I saw in theaters, I so there's a character in the original musical named Anybody's who's just a tomboy. Who's who's female, but kind of just wants to be in the Jets. Who's a, which is a, a group of of male teen, teen white boys. Who's who's like a gang, a street gang, mm-hmm. and but but with the new with the new version of West Side Story, they they decided to make the original the character of anybody's a transgender boy, and that he was wanting to be accepted in the group as as a boy, and so I was content with that, and that the fact that they caught, cast a non-binary actor to play anybody's I. I was like, good work. And thanks for not overplaying it. Right. <laughs> like it's like they were retelling a story and somebody's gender doesn't really affect, have anything to do with that story at all, like from the 60s. But I'm glad that they still made it something to to appreciate and to and to be aware of that they tied that into the story and it didn't affect it too much. I mean, it's a reboot, so they had to make it a little different, but still stayed true to the original core. Have you seen Rocco's Modern Life by any chance from the 90s? Nope. So they made a Netflix movie, I believe, three years ago, in which there's a a character named Ralph who um, in the movie comes out as Rachel. And it's not a bit it's not a big deal at all to any of the characters. And again, going back to that whole thing of, you know, yes, it's part of who you are, but it's doesn't have to be made, you know, into something that's, you know, such a big deal. Like you can just be trans and be, you know, like everybody else. Exactly. And so now I want to talk about um, asexual characters, because uh, to be honest with you, I've only seen one example, at least that I can think of. And that is Todd from Bojack Horseman. I haven't really heard of any characters on the asexual spectrum outside of him either. And I haven't seen Bojack Horseman, but I... I do remember watching the the clip where it's kind of revealed that that character is asexual. I don't really remember any of the words they use, but I'm like, if this is just uh, another thing about this character, then that's all I ask for. I guess there's a lot of theories about other characters being being asexual and stuff as well. But again, I really wish you wouldn't just base this off of theories. But like one character in Heartstopper, Isaac, who's the character I relate to the most, actually is it's never explicitly stated that he's asexual, but he is usually just sitting there reading a book. And he's also just a loyal friend and he wants to hear about their romantic escapades, but he doesn't seem that interested in pursuing that himself. He's his main love is his books. And that's something I like about him. I I guess it's pretty good that. It's never really stated whether a character is ace or not, but I just wish people wouldn't jump to these big conclusions. Right. And again, like not every story needs to have romance in it. That's the thing, too. Like you can just. No, have, absolutely not. I absolutely not. I can't really think of one story where it's where there's not like a romance plot line. I guess maybe there's one or two that I've seen that isn't really coming to me, but I do want to have romance as much as the next person, even though I'm asexual. But I 
I'm just not making that the biggest thing in my life right now. I'm like, there's other things in my life to be excited about. I love going out with friends for ice cream and being single is fine. There's relationships are always complicated. You need to show the messy parts so people understand that it's not all peaches and cream. I also want to bring up how a lot of people confuse asexual for aromantic because those are also two different things. Very much so, yes. You can not have sexual preferences, but you can absolutely have romantic preferences. They're completely different. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we also didn't even talk about pansexual. Like that's also a thing that but, people well, don't no. acknowledge. Well, in Shit's Creek in the first season, that's I have absolutely no idea where the genius of the wine metaphor came from, but I'm absolutely thankful it exists. Like I drink red red wine, I drink white white wine, I also like sampling the occasional rose, and I once tried a Merlot that used to be a Chardonnay. I like the wine and not the label. I'm like Where did that come from? And that was just perfect. (laughs) That's a brilliant metaphor slash analogy. That's after you, Dan Levy. I also want to mention that, you know, don't buy into like right wing propaganda or paranoia that queer people are after your children or that queer people are predators. Don't believe that. That's complete BS. I mean, look, predators exist across everywhere like straight predators gay predators trans predators but being queer doesn't inherently make somebody a predator or a creep i think people just need to get that out of their heads no like if you're looking at the bible then maybe uh, people who are disobeying god are wearing two kinds of cloth like i don't know everybody and some people i understand don't like mixing meat and milk because it says so in the Bible, but a lot of people do so. Like I love, I love nachos with pulled pork and gay people aren't automatically pedophiles. No, they're not. My absolute least favorite character in family guy is the, the gay pedophile. I'm like, like, it's kind of interesting how you portray both of those things together. I kind of would, I, I don't know, maybe it would be less humorous for you if, if he was straight, but, but why, but why does that have to be t- tied into something? And why does that have to be a source of humor? There's so many predators who are straight, like, again, men killing women or seriously injuring them just because they they turn the men down. And that when people say, like, gay TV is bad for kids, like, have you seen straight TV? It's men drinking beer and telling their wife to finish dinner and stuff like that. And personally, I think the women should be should get out of there as soon as possible if that's the way your your husband's treating you. Yeah, I don't like how some people say that gay TV is bad for kids. Like, I don't believe that at all. Like, I think it's important to show kids that, you know, gay people exist, they're valid, they're loved, and they should be loved. Your kid probably has a classmate with same-sex parents. Exactly. And their teacher might also be in a same-sex relationship. But Exactly. And, you know, with all this Florida stuff going on with Ron DeSantis, like, just going on a tirade against the queer community... Wake up, people. We are nice. Maybe some of us aren't, but you can't just make assumptions. You got to really know who the person is. I know that I'm that I'm gay, but I, it's not something I tell people automatically unless it's I'm like in a gay bar and they and of, and of course, that's kind of inferred about me. But I'm like, people should get to know me before they before they understand that I'm gay because would you have wanted to get to know me more if you'd known that already about me? You know that I'm, not to brag, but smart and handsome and and really want to be a good friend to you and and strong and, and all that jazz. But would you have thought differently about me had I came out before or 
does your perspective change on me now? Because it shouldn't. Well, I guess that way I know who to trust. Right. Would they still treat you the same if they knew you were gay, even though this is who you've always been? Exactly. I'm still the same person. You just know something else about me. They know a truer version of you. Exactly. Well put. I kind of want the LGBTQ spectrum and community to stop being like a marketing thing, like, oh, these characters are gay, so I want to watch this. And, oh, let's add a non-binary character so more people will watch our show. When it surfaces that, like, a Disney movie may have a gay character, that has led to movies like pulling them, theaters like pulling the movies out of them. And I'm like, when I see the movie, it, it like barely happens at all. I think Disney's had like their, like their 10th first gay character now. I'm right. like, can you make up your minds, please? Movies ex- exaggerate stuff about human nature all the time, but it would be great if the queerness in in media was only mentioned as necessary and the show was focused just as much on what's happening around them and how it affects them in a non-LGBTQ way. So like, this person is just being, and this is actually what's happening and how it... Dr- and how the plot's going for this. Like, why does this person's gender or sexuality matter right now? Right. And I like how you mentioned the whole marketing aspect, because, you know, if you're only going to have queer people just to get buzz or to get a profit, then you're doing it for the wrong reason, because it's also not going to come across as authentic, in my opinion, if you're just doing it for the profit or the audience. Yeah, that's absolutely the wrong reasons. I I think um, for both queer roles and straight roles, people need to take the gender roles out of these things and just see how the story is portrayed with these individuals. Maybe it's not exactly like real life, but is it relatable enough? Is it authentic enough? Like, what if this person was straight instead of gay? Would you still feel the same way about them? Please don't be just a stereotype of of a gay person. I want these people to feel like they're not being mocked. Mm -hmm. Right. And also something that I've noticed is, you know, I I know Disney has like edited or removed queer people from international releases like in china particularly which really yeah like in uh, china like you know some people complained about having queer people so disney just removed them correction disney refused to censor a same-sex kiss scene in the chinese release of lightyear but disney did remove a same-sex kiss scene in the singaporean release of the rise of skywalker yeah try to keep it a secret and just show the Mo- like the main like plots without spoiling the the plot of the movie and like the trailer and the and the marketing like like for spider-man no way home they really tried their best to conceal the fact that andrew garfield and toby mcguire were going to be in it but they somehow tried. it still ended up getting leaked but yeah try to not use being on the lgbtq spectrum as something to try to get somebody to watch your movie just show what the movie's actually about and not just about this side thing Mm-hmm. Like if you if it's an action movie, show them the action. That's that's what that's what people like watching it when when they want to go see an action movie. So this is going to tell them like, oh, this is going to be something I'm going to want to watch. Right. Um, and so where do you see the future of queer representation going forward with all the advancements and possibly even areas of improvement that we need to go with? Well, um, like in ads for for Hulu and stuff, I've seen like more queer couples appearing in in ads for dating sites and jewelry and a few other things. And it's, and it's just still being portrayed, just being portrayed as like these people love each other. And these people are, 
are dating each other and they're really really connecting i i haven't really seen a lot of same-sex parents and ads that i can remember maybe if they started showing more of those in between streaming than ads for medicine because i don't need medicine that has all these things wrong with them while showing somebody taking a run outside right <laughs> but yeah just i would like to see people seeing more LGBTQ stuff in media, but I'd like to see it not overplayed so much. Like people could still understand what it's like to live as this person, but I want it to be normalized. Normalized, exactly. Because it is normal. Yeah, it is. It's completely normal. Mm. And again, going back to what I said earlier, try to make it intersectional too. Like, don't just have white queer people, like have brown queer people, black queer people. Just we need to expand it a lot more than just white people. The world is not white. The world no. is diverse. Don't right? don't just write stereotypes about queer people. Like actually do your research, uh, consult GLAD or any other trusted organizations, interview people. Just like, yeah. Yeah, inter yeah, interview people you know on the spectrum and get their permission first because sometimes they might not want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. You don't know what they're do what they're going through. Right. All right, Micah. So, do you have any final comments about anything we discussed or anything we forgot to discuss that you'd like to mention? Not off the top of my head, I think we've talked quite a bit. We did. We talked a lot about queer representation and the many sub labels under it. So I think we had a very extensive and good conversation this hour about queer representation. And again, thank you for being on here. Absolutely. Always great to talk to you and everybody out there, whatever you're doing, don't give up yet. You can do this. Yes, you are loved, you are supported, you are valid. There's no need to be scared. Just find a support network, consult GLAD and many other resources and trust people that you trust. Just know that you are not alone, you are loved, you are valid. You are human. Exactly, you are human, you are just like us. Good night. Good night.